Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Listeners, c'est moi. Happy Bisexual Awareness Week! It's a super important week for everyone in our community as bisexuality is still something that can be marginalised, skipped over or misunderstood. Enter stage left our brilliant and fascinating chat we did with Julia Shaw, which we're going to play you a snippet of today. When coming out as bisexual, Julia searched for literature to help her understand her identity and tribe, but she couldn't really find it. So she wrote the book herself because that's the kind of person Julia is. This is a bi-bible, which addresses so many fascinating things about bisexuality. You know, things like our perception of bisexual people in relationships, the hypersexualization of bisexuality, and how history has skipped over bisexual people, which has had a total knock-on effect in society. Also, things like how bisexual people are more likely to experience sexual violence, the invisibility of bi people in research of sexuality, complexity and a lack of distinct label, is bad for data analysis. We're bringing this all to the fore. And so today, we've got a bite-sized chunk of this lovely chat with Julia. I loved it. And we get on to all sorts of things. Brokeback Mountain, Killing Eve, History of Bisexuals. It's very interesting. So I'm going to shush now. I'm going to shut up. Have a listen to the clip. If you were tempted to listen to the full episode, the link to it is in the description below of this here podcast. Okay, Here's a clip. The world is a complicated place. So we speak in reductive labels, don't we? We all do it. And I'm not talking about sexuality. I'm just talking about many things. You know, we, in order to break it down into bite-sized chunks, we reduce things into labels. And as a result, I think we do absorb from culture quite strong labels about gay men or lesbian women, but we don't quite so much about bisexuality. And I'm wondering if that is because we sort of see it incorrectly, but I'm I'm trying to sort of get to the bottom of the perception rather than the truth, that it's something that people check in and out of, and therefore is something they, they can choose to leave behind in moments that it suits them or pick up in moments that it suits them. Like that is an incorrect perception. But I was just interested that people had the image in their head, but not with bisexuality. Yeah. And that visibility chapter where I also talk about the representation in film, for example, on TV and Mm. how there as well, you run into issues with how do you represent the bisexual character, especially because there's been a long history of people being completely unwilling to let any character say that they're bisexual even when they are Mm. and so people don't come out in the same way if they come out they come out in these vague terms like i like the wine not the label which is cute but 
just say mm. the word. It's not a dirty word. Mm. And so there's the, the, you're left with this ambiguity and, and people tiptoeing around the term, which makes it sound like, oh, well, there's something wrong with it then. And mm. either there's something wrong with it because, of, as you alluded to, it's a stepping stone. So it's sort of you're on it's on the path to gay town or mm. it's on, you know, or you experiment, especially if you're a woman. It's this idea that maybe there's a performative phase in your life where you're really doing it for the boys, maybe during university. But you're actually straight. You're sort of like a tourist in queer spaces. And and those are really toxic misconceptions. I mean, in uh, Sex in the City ages ago, it was, you know, bisexuality was invented to, to sell Smirnoff ice. That was the... <laughs> As an advertising strategy, was it was a joke, but it's not a joke when it's said so many times that people start to believe it and they have no counter narrative, yeah. right? Yes. And absolutely. so me as little Julia, you know, I'm like seven or whatever, watching this, going, oh, mm. I guess, I guess that's what people think about bisexuality, and I've got mm. no positive representation. And yeah. the closest we get is like villanelle. There's a whole genre of like bisexual villains because we're allowed to be duplicitous and manipulative. Yes. Tell me a bit about that idea of in pop culture, sort of. Um sexy murderers by bisexual people are sexy murderers yes the sexy murderers especially by by women uh, but mm-hmm. by men as well by men are more likely to be closeted gay men that's mm-hmm. the narrative there um yes. or the bridges and so this is where it also it can veer into the narratives that we see in politics and we see in other aspects and so in some of the other chapters as you know i dig into the the political history and the tensions within the queer community around bisexual people especially in the fight for equal marriage, especially in the fight for queer rights, basically because outsiders, more so than insiders, were seeing bisexuality as more perverted than other kinds. Mm. And I went back to university and did a master's in queer history as part of the research for this book. And as part of that, I investigated a magazine that was published by the bisexual community for the bisexual community in San Francisco in the 1990s. And it's called Anything That Moves. Right. And but that's it's pushing back against that idea that, well, bisexuals will have sex with anything that moves there. Mm. You know, they have they have no preferences. And so they're basically all sluts. And mm. and then that gets pushed further into the perversion field when you talk about things like AIDS vectors or bridges. And so for bi men, there's that stigmatizing of, well, you're the dirty link between the queer world and the straight world. And the whole time you're being duplicitous, you're lying to us all. Yes. And now to come back to the to the villains. Um, and that is the same rhetoric with the portrayal of a lot of bisexual people on screen. Is they're the blood-sucking vampires. They're mm. the ones who manipulate your sexuality and their sexuality to get what they want. They're the ones who live quite literally underground sometimes. Mm. They're the villanelles of the world who, mm. you know, who who will kill lots of people and not think it twice about it. So it all sort of ties together. And unfortunately, it seeps way beyond film. So in some ways, film is often a a mirror of what's happening outside. And the fact that these villains are existing in those spaces is possibly because society already sees them that way. Yeah. And carrying on the film thread, that one of the things is about Brokeback Mountain is routinely discussed as being a gay cowboy film. But I can't remember who the quote was. It says, people say they're gay cowboys but actually they're bisexual shepherds <laughs> yeah because <laughs> actually they do i mean I, I cannot remember specifics but definitely i would say as a gay man i totally fell into that terrible trap of being like yeah they're gay ma- they're like me but actually they are married and they have children and you know and i know there's a struggle but tell me more about that it's fascinating so the erasure of bisexuality from how we talk about characters is i mean it's 
prevalent on screen. So the fact that the, the characters themselves or the characters in their circumference won't talk about the fact that someone is bi or say mm. the word is one thing. Then there's the thing which is mislabeling, which is also a thing that um, in my master's in queer history, I kept stumbling over is that people, I think queer people are so hungry for a link to our past because there's been so much obfuscation and erasure. There's been so so much hidden from view and so much taken from us mm -hmm. and so much criminalized and so much secrecy over so many years that we're just hungry for stories. We're like, yes, but where's the representation? But what that can lead to is that then if you see any hint of queerness, you assume ah, well, that person is then, that's their real identity. Their real identity is the queer piece that we have some evidence of. So the fact that a man is married and has multiple children, but has a male lover, he's one of us, he's he's gay. Mm -hmm. um, rather than considering, or even just adding the qualifier or by, because we don't know, unless that person has said that explicitly, that the rest of it is because of what's called compulsory heterosexuality, which is that socially, especially historically, but still in many parts of the world, arguably all, um, there's this perception that you're going to go get married in a heterosexual looking dynamic. And that's part of being human. And you don't really get to opt out of that. Mm. And so there's that and that's called compulsory heterosexuality, which is something we should destabilize. Thank you for listening. Get in touch with the bisexual storylines you've been enjoying in cinema, in television, in podcasts, in anything. Uh, and if you want to listen to that full episode, it's available on the feed, people. Like and subscribe, share with your friends. You know the drill. All right, take care for now. Lots of love. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Powered by Spirit Studios.